Don't get caught up in the conversations about liking the word unschooling or not. It really doesn't matter whether you like it or not, whether we don't do labels or not, whether we wish there was a different word to describe what we do or not. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Sue Patterson, your host here at All Things Unschooling Mom to Mom. I share weekly unschooling pep talks to help you embrace this unconventional approach to homeschooling the kids. If you're not new, welcome back. Don't miss the special offer I have for podcast listeners. I'll explain more about that in a minute. But first, you know, unschooling is one of those words where people have described it a variety of ways and Some of those ways may not fit your family. And then you think, well, unschooling is not for us. But really, that may have been only that mom's interpretation of what unschooling means for her family. And if you had bumped into another mom with a different interpretation, maybe their kids were more like yours or their approach to parenting or housekeeping or learning or communicating was more in sync with you, then you'd have thought, okay, this unschooling thing could work for us. And that's why I want you to use the word unschooling as your compass. Let it help you find ways to see learning differently. Remember how we refer to school and say one size does not fit all? Well, the same applies to unschooling. One size does not fit all. But what does fit all are the principles behind it. The simple concept that individualizing works. Individualizing the learning the parenting, the whole thing. One size does not fit all is simply the entry point. Once we walk through the door, all those unschooling principles are what help you see how it does work for your family, your individual family. You have a kid that loves the outdoors but hates journaling about it in nature guides or lab books. That's all good data not an uncooperative kid. That's a kid who is sharing how they like to move through the world. So then you use your unschooling compass to see those unschooling principles or concepts of individualizing and use that data. That unschooling principles start with the learner instead of see how you can get that wild child back into the box, because that's what that is. When you look at that child climbing the tree, throwing his face up into the sun, grasping for a higher branch, noticing the bug crawling beside him, peeking into that nest. And instead of seeing the science, the problem solving, the confidence building, you focus on, but he doesn't even know the basics. It's always the basics, right? Basics of math or reading or writing. So he can't do his times tables at 10 or read chapter books yet, or his penmanship is atrocious it's really okay. He has time. He doesn't have to do it while he's still playing around with being a kid. He's busy building his very individualized pile of knowledge. And because he's a human and not a computer, you can't slide his hair back and see what's going on in his brain. He may not even know, but his brain does. Because if you remember nothing else, remember this. Humans are hardwired to learn. They don't need someone else pushing or prodding to make them do it. They don't need to learn something because it's easier to teach all the eight-year-olds one thing, whether they're interested or not, so we can move on to the next lesson together. Even if you're not unschooling, that seems like a weird thing, right? An effort to keep the process running smoothly, being prioritized over the interests of the learner. 
I know. It's easier to have a plan and check off the boxes. And then we feel good as the teacher or facilitator. But what about the learner? Maybe they thought it was okay. Maybe they totally resisted. But one thing they did learn was that they had to shelve their interests until you have had your fill of this teaching thing you wanted to do. And I don't think that's the message you want to convey. Wouldn't it be better to have different priorities, like the relationship between you and the kids, the idea that the world is full of so many interesting things to learn about, and then start with your little learner's curiosities, not what you think is interesting and what they need to know. I don't mean you never introduce other things to your child, but you choose wisely. You don't take a kid who really prefers air conditioning out to identify tree leaves on a three-hour hike. Sure, maybe that sounds like fun for you, but this is about the learner, remember? So when you bring other ideas to them, think of it as interest adjacent. They like something. What's something kind of like that? It's a bit like throwing spaghetti at the wall. And if the spaghetti doesn't stick, we don't hang our head in disappointment. We try again in a little bit. So try not to get your ego all involved over whether they like your suggestions or not. Think of it as just data. Now you know. And remember, there are all kinds of reasons your spaghetti may not have stuck. Maybe it was the time of day. Maybe they just got into an argument with their sister Maybe they were hungry. Maybe they can't visualize what you're suggesting. All reasons for you to consider the next suggestion. I know some of you are still a little worried about focusing so much on enjoyment. Maybe you did your two weeks of de-schooling and now you're ready to have them buckle down. How can this unschooling thing work if they just want to play? Well, I'll come back to that. I want to be sure before I forget that you know that as an unschooling podcast listener, you can join my membership at the monthly rate without the sign up fee you see at the website. I'll put the link in the show notes that gets picked up at your listening platform. Otherwise, just go to unschoolingmom2mom.com with the number two slash podcast dash friends. That will take you on the path to get the membership without paying the sign up fee. Because I really want you to get the support you need to be successful. It's such a great group of parents sharing ideas and brainstorming, two group coaching calls a week, all the unschooling guides and ebooks included. Plus, this past weekend, I was adding up all the PDFs and worksheets and videos and podcasts I have exclusively for members, over 500 resources. You're going to want to do this. It all comes down to about $12 a week. It's a great deal if you ask me. I'm there helping everyone figure out what the next steps could be. So join us. Okay, for those of you still hesitating about this unschooling approach, maybe you're still thinking in some schoolish terms. Maybe you're worried about learning to read or getting into college, so you're pushing a little more on academics than either you or your child are enjoying. Maybe you're thinking, it's not about the enjoyment. I'm being a good mom. I'm helping them do what they need to do. So your unschooling compass would invite you to ask yourself, do they have to? Who says they need to? Do you really use some of those things you're pushing in your real adult life? Could they even do it later when their brain is more mature or they're not distracted with something else? Or even, what's your real motivation for this? Do you worry that he's eight and not reading some book that you think all eight-year-olds should be able to read? Or do you follow a bunch of people on Instagram who post pictures of wonderfully compliant kids and you're afraid someone's going to find out that your kids are not doing that at all? 
And then does that fear grow in your brain and you start the self-criticism like, not a good enough mom. You're not creative enough to help them. You're too angry and frustrated all the time. That's when I want you to pull out your unschooling compass. It'll show you your next steps. Not the next steps for six years, but your very next step. That's how you step toward individualizing. Otherwise, you're stepping toward getting back in the box. If you're inside, maybe the next step is to go outside, change the scenery, even just change to another room, make a snack platter, refresh the water bottle, put on some upbeat music. Notice what your child would really like to do right now. Pull out your phone and take a selfie of you and them together. Remind them that you love them. Step away from the power struggle. Think of it as a recalibrating moment. Maybe what you need to do is put yourself on a scavenger hunt. What subjects do you see weaving through their interests and playtime? Challenge yourself and find even more. Sometimes it's about shifting away from the fear of doing this wrong or being judged and noticing that the world is providing what you need. You just have to notice. I do have a brainstorming guide that might help you if you like the idea of unschooling, but you're not coming up with kinds of things you could all be doing together. Another called 365 Days of Deschooling, which is filled with 165 ideas to pick from. Or you can join us for that month or so in the membership group and we'll help you see all the learning that's happening all around you. I know it's scary to step away from what's familiar, but you have a compass, unschooling compass. We'll help you see what you need to do next, not what others are doing. That whole comparison thing, leftovers from school, not important, really. It really will take you off your course because that's what individualizing is all about, using your compass to figure out the path you and your kids need to be on. You can do it. I'm rooting for you. Reach out if you need support, and I'll be back again next week. We're on the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. Be unschooling.